Sefer Vayikra, Parshat Sav, on giving thanks. In Parshat Sav, which means command, God tells Moshe to instruct Aaron and his sons, who are about to be anointed as priests, on how to perform different kinds of offerings. The burnt offering, the meal offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the offering of ordination, and the sacrifice of well-being. Earlier, we learned specifically about the Korban Todah, the Thanksgiving offering. Vayikra 7, Leviticus 7 reads, this is the ritual of the sacrifice of well-being that one may offer to the Lord. If he offers it for Thanksgiving, he shall offer together with the sacrifice of Thanksgiving unleavened cakes with oil mixed in, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and cakes of choice flour with oil mixed in, well soaked. This offering with cakes of leavened bread added, he shall offer along with his thanksgiving sacrifice of well-being. The Talmud uses Psalm 107 to identify four categories of people who would bring the thanksgiving offering, the korben todah. It says in tractate brachot, Rav Yehuda said that Rav said, Four must offer thanks to God with a thanks offering and a special blessing. They are seafarers, those who walk in the desert, and one who was ill and recovered, and one who was incarcerated in prison and went out. All of these appear in the verses of a psalm. The medieval rabbi Shmuel ben Meir, better known as the Rashbam, and Avraham ibn Ezra, point out that the thanksgiving offering isn't typically given by people who had it easy all along, but by those who escaped danger. There's a type of gratitude that is general in life, but here we are looking at a type of gratitude that is specifically tied to a life event. While we don't currently give thanks to God by means of cakes and wafers, the Jewish practice of thanking God by saying brachot by saying blessings, lives on. In fact, the very names of Yehuda, Judah, and Judaism derive from the word Odeh, or I will thank. The story goes in Sefer Bereshit, the book of Genesis, that after our foremother Leah gave birth to Yehuda, to Judah, she said, this time I will thank the Lord. Therefore, the Torah says she named him Yehuda. She named him Judah. The Talmud identifies this as the first time a person gives thanks to God. Odeh also shows up in the Modeani, the prayer that Jews traditionally say upon waking up in the morning. In English, it goes, I offer thanks before you, living and eternal king, for you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Your faithfulness is great. Jewish practice therefore tells us that whether we've endured something as dangerous as a journey at sea or as simple as the temporary death of sleep, we owe our gratitude to God. Here we see that our thanksgiving offering can be daily and perhaps is truly required every moment of our existence. Rabbi Avraham Joshua Heschel, Abraham Joshua Heschel, expressed as a similar sentiment in his 1954 book, Man's Quest for God, he wrote, to pray 
is to take notice of the wonder, to regain a sense of the mystery that animates all beings, the divine margin in all attainments. Prayer is our humble answer to the inconceivable surprise of living. It is gratefulness that makes the soul great. In a society that tries to tell us we can't possibly be happy unless we have more, a bigger house, a faster car, nicer clothes, the Jewish tradition counterculturally pushes us toward gratitude for what we already have. Pirkei Avot, the ethics of our ancestors, teaches who is rich, one who rejoices in their lot. As it is said in Psalm 128, you shall enjoy the fruit of your labors. You shall be happy and you shall prosper. It is not what we have that matters, but how we appreciate it. The idea in all of these practices is that through mindfulness of all the reasons we have to give thanks, we can cultivate a life of gratitude rather than one of resentment and entitlement. Resentment and entitlement will push someone towards self-absorption, which is a detriment both to one's own life and to the impact one has on their community. Gratitude, on the other hand, hakara tatov, will push us toward paying our gifts forward and giving back to the world. Gratitude does not mean asserting that we've been given certain blessings on account of our own virtue. Instead, it is recognition of our unmerited good fortune. Thus, gratitude fills us not only with joy and appreciation, but with a sense of profound responsibility. In ancient times, the Thanksgiving offering acted similarly to a repayment of a debt to God. Today, True gratitude drives us to repay that debt indirectly by returning our blessings to the society we've benefited from. On a broader level, we're called to shift from a politics of rage toward a politics of gratitude in which we don't simply focus on what we want, but determine our priorities from a place of gratitude for what we have as we strive for a more equitable world for all of us to inhabit, we must focus also on how to get the most out of the gains we've already made. So too, we should appreciate the legacies of the advocates and change makers who came before us, lest we forget the accomplishments of people like Elizabeth Cady Stanton in the women's rights movement, Harvey Milk in the realm of LGBT plus issues, and of course, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and all who endangered their lives in the civil rights movement. While we're tasked with doing everything we can to see their work through to completion, we must also remember that we stand on the shoulders of giants. And as people who relentlessly push for change, we will find our work to be so vastly more joyful and sustainable if it is infused with an ethic of, of appreciation. We need not fear that we will dilute our moral demands by appreciating what we already have. And so friends, the Korban Todah, 
the Thanksgiving offering teaches us that while we should always continue to strive to achieve more, our accomplishments lose their meaning if we don't remember to show our gratitude for them and for all that has already been achieved toward freedom, peace, and justice. Shabbat Shalom.